Christian faith and fiction, inspirational reading suggestions, along with chats about the Christian faith. The following episode is an audio version of a video that I recorded for my YouTube channel, Christian Faith and Fiction. If you would like to watch the video rather than listen to the audio, you can do so by clicking the link in the show notes. Please do share your thoughts by commenting either on the video or on the relevant blog post. Links in the show notes. Hello, welcome to my channel, Christian Faith and Fiction. My name's Lou, and today I want to share with you my uh, favourite books, Christian fiction books that I've read in 2022. Some of these books are on my list because I thought they had really good story content, and some of them are on the list because they had really good faith content, in my opinion, um, and some of them have both and those are the sweet spot. So I'll explain why they're on my list as I'm going through, telling you a little bit about each book. Um, I will put a link to the, uh, the book reviews that I've done throughout the year if you want more details. So I haven't ranked these books from like best to worst or anything, I'm gonna go through them in the order that I read them in the year. I've got a range of different genres for you, um, so hopefully you'll see something that might interest you and um, as I say, these are my personal favourite books through the year. Okay, so a book I read back in January was Tacos for Two by Betsy St. Armand. This is a contemporary Christian romance. There is a very small amount of um, Christian content in this one, not very much, um, but enough for it to still be sort of called Christian fiction. And I rated the story content in this 10 out of 10. Um, absolutely loved this style of romance, um, fun, sort of upbeat, and I really enjoyed just, you know, the characters and things. The story is following a food truck owner called Rory, who um, is not necessarily able to cook, but is determined to keep the family business going, and she sort of enters a contest, of a food truck contest at a festival, um, and she in order to try and sort of keep her, her business going. And she sort of finds herself head to head with Jude, who is really wanting to um, get out of his family firm, law firm and go into cooking and everything. And it was a bit like a uh, You've Got Mail retelling where they sort of are chatting online, but they don't know each who, that they, they don't realize that they know each other in real life as well. And I'd say I really enjoyed the, the content of that, the story content. It's my type of romance that I, I like to read. The next book I read in February, this is one of the books from Melanie Dickinson's Hagenheim series, and this is The Princess Spy. I gave this one 9.5 out of 10 for story content and two out of three for faith content. This is like a medieval um, young adult this is a retelling of The Princess and the Frog, I think. <laughs> it's following Margaretha, who um, always had high hopes for her new suitor, Lord Claybrook, but then an injured man is brought to the castle and he turns out he claims to be an English lord who has been left for dead by Claybrook. He retrieves one of her heirlooms and then asks her to buy on Claybrook as a repayment. Yeah, this was quite a while ago, so I'm not remembering all of the story of this one. I just know that I really love this one out of um, Melanie Dickinson's series. I think 
this is one of the highest rated ones that I've um, that I've given it and enjoyed the characters in this story. Then in April I read In Search of a Prince by Tony Shiloh. I gave this one 8 out of 10 for story content and 3 out of 3 for faith content. So this is one of the better um, books for Christian faith that I've read this year. It's following Brielle who is a teacher in New York and then she finds out that she is actually the daughter of a the um, crown prince I think who um, was from an African island and her father died and now she is the heir to the throne and she has to travel to this island to go and see whether she wants to take up her position as that heir or to renounce the title and so she's having to go over there and discover who she is and part of becoming the heir seems to be that she needs to be married and so she's having to uh, interview suitors, go on dates and see um, whether she likes anyone who's sort of suitable. I like the faith content in this one, I liked Tony Shiloh's writing, um, I've read some things from her before and enjoyed those as well. And this one really reminded me of um, Princess Diaries, that sort of thing. Um, it was a fun read. In May I read Close to You by Cara Isaac. This is the first book I've read by this author. Again, another contemporary romance. I gave it 9.5 out of 10 for story content and 3 out of 3 for faith content. Uh, it is following a sort of tour guide in New Zealand who does tours around the Lord of the Rings, Hobbit sort of um, things to do with where the films were made and filmed and she is um, taking this tour of people around and one of the guys there uh, is trying to impress his great uncle I think it might have been or is somebody in his family who um, <clears throat> he needs to get some money from but in order to do that, he's sort of trying to con this guy into thinking that he's a really good fan of Lord of the Rings when he knows absolutely nothing at all. And so they're kind of thrown together and it follows their sort of story. And, you know, I rated it quite high for Christian content. So, um, yeah, I enjoyed that one and I enjoyed that story. Also in May, I read The Tea Chest by Heidi uh, Chiavaroli. And this is a dual time period novel set in Boston so it's set in Boston 1773 and in the present day and it's following um, Lieutenant Haley Ashworth who is trying to get into the elite Navy SEALs but before she can do that she needs to go home and uh, deal with some of her past and things that's gone on in the past and she meets a guy there who she used to date but then sort of left to go and join the Navy and while she's there she finds a tea chest with some sort of mystery about it, that she's trying to find the story that went on um, to do with the tea chest at the same time as sort of dealing with her past. Then in the in the historical time period, we're following um, a lady called Emma, who is, um, her father is loyal to the crown, but she is in love with Noah, who is a patriot. Tensions are breaking out between the two sides and she's sort of stuck kind of stuck in the middle but also trying to help out the Patriots. The person that her father wants her to marry, Samuel, he is sort of using using her involvement with the Patriots to try and blackmail her into marrying him. Um, this was incredibly 
emotional in parts for me and I liked the historical story better than the 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 present day story. I gave it 8 out of 10 as a story content but it had 3 out of 3 for faith content. It was um, you know strong faith content in that book particularly in the historical one I think. Um, it's been a little while since I've read these books. Yeah a harder read I think for me but it was um, it had a good message to it. Shadows of Swanford Abbey by Julie Classen I read in May and this one I gave 9 out of 10 for story content and 2 out of 3 for faith content. You could tell that the characters were Christians but it didn't have, it wasn't part of the main central plot. Uh, this one is following Rebecca who is um, the companion to um, a lady I think and she uh, goes home to her village to visit her brother um, because her, this thing's been going on with her brother and he's a writer and she ends up having to stay in a sort of hotel sort of place which is Swanford Abbey um, it's been turned into a sort of an inn hotel sort of place and various people are staying there um, and you sort of get to know them slowly as the book progresses but then uh, later on somebody dies and there's a murder mystery going on at the same time. The person that she meets there, Sir Frederick, he is also the magistrate and so he's having to uh, investigate the uh, crime that's taking place but everybody sort of has secrets and reasons why they might be involved in it so it was really lovely romance with some mystery to it as well the mystery is not like the it is part of the main plot but it's not it's not like a murder mystery it's more like a romance with a mystery if you know what I mean I've really enjoyed Julie Classen's writing and her sort of style of writing of getting to know the characters quite through the first half of the book and then more of the plot kicks in in the second half of the book and I enjoyed that one I definitely want to read some more by her again. Then I read the whole If I Run series by Terry Blackstock so I finished the first book If I Run in June I gave it 10 out of 10 for story content the second book If I'm Found I read in July I gave it 9 out of 10 and the third book If I Live I read in August and I gave that one 8.5 out of 10 for story content. I gave the whole series 3 out of 3 for faith content. It was very strong in that book and it made a big difference to the characters and the way that the story progressed. The first book starts with Casey who has um, discovered her best friend's murder and has sort of left her her fingerprints, DNA everywhere and she's she doesn't have faith in the police and so she goes on the run. She's sure that they're going to um, try to convict her of it and sure enough they do suspect her and send a uh, detectives after her but the family also employs a private investigator, Dylan, and he's a guy who's come out of the armed forces and he's got PTSD but he wants to get into the police and so he takes on this case. He's also one of the best friends of the guy who died um, and he is sort of chasing her down and she's trying to avoid him but he's not quite sure whether she did it or not but he wants to find her. The whole of this story is her sort of on the run from the police trying to find out at the same time who actually did the murder whilst trying to avoid being captured and it was really exhilarating. I've read it really, really quickly through each book 
Um, each book has its own sort of mystery in it as well as the main plot that runs throughout the series. Um, there's a romance as well and as I say there's some good Christian content in that one. In July I read The Wedding Dress by Rachel Hawke. This is a dual time period with a few other stories um, included into it and I gave it 8.5 out of 10 for story content and a 3 out of 3 for faith content. It's following Charlotte who owns a bridal boutique and she's meant to be getting married and she goes to this sort of auction and ends up picking up this chest but her fiancé sort of gets cold feet so she has to try and get the chest open whilst also dealing with the fact that her fiancé sort of bailed out on her. In the past it's following Emily's story and she is also um, getting married but she wants to have her own wedding dress and um, I actually can't remember too much about her story but Emily is from 1912, Mary Grace from 1939, Hilary from 1968 and there's a connection to the wedding dress with all of those women and so it's sort of back and forwards but mostly between Charlotte's and Emily's stories and I've given it three out of three for faith so there is definitely um, good faith content in that one. In August I read Dreams of Savannah by Rosanna M. White. It's not surprising to me that Rosanna then ended up on my favourites list again uh, but this book was not one that I was planning to read because it's slightly different to her sort of British series that she's written um, but it was a book club one and it, I enjoyed it a lot in the end. Uh, I gave it 10 out of 10 for story content and 3 out of 3 for faith content. It is following uh, Cordelia who she is sort of somebody who likes to write lots of stories and has this mind full of like stories. She's living in Savannah and it's during the during the war. <laughs> I never remember what the wars are called in America, I'm sorry. Uh, it is in 1861. Uh, the person that she's really in love with gets sent to to join a ship, to join a war and he is out there, stuff happens to him and they're all sort of worried about him. There's also some black characters in there as well who are slaves, there's things to do with slavery and freeing slaves in the story. Some of the characters are having to sort of, um, come to terms with what's going on in the war and what they're really fighting for and also um, learning about faith and coming to faith, which I really enjoyed. Also in August I read The Wonderland Trials by Sarah Ella. This is a Alice in Wonderland, not really retelling, but a sort of, it's inspired by it, maybe sort of happens later on, like a sequel, I don't know. I gave it 9.5 out of 10 for story content and 2 out of 3 for faith content. The faith content is more sort of symbolic, allegorical, um, going on in the background. Uh, it's to do with people who have like this wonder gene. They have um, special abilities, if I remember rightly. Uh, following Alice, who's living a normal life in Oxford um, and her sister gets arrested and she sort of gets taken in by other wonders. She finds out some things about herself and she gets taken in to take part in this competition 
that takes place in in Wonderland called the Wonderland Trials. It is very quirky. It is very much influenced by Alice in Wonderland, which is a book I love. And um, there is some faith content in it, I think, more towards the end, if I remember rightly. Um, I, this is the beginning of a series, so I'm going to have to probably reread it, I think, before I read the next book that comes out, because remembering things at this point, number of e number of months later, um, I'm struggling. This is the first book in a series, I think, so there's going to be more, at least one more book coming out in this series. Again, another author that quite often pops up in my favourite books of the year, that is Christy Cambron, and this year I read The Italian Ballerina, and I read it in September. I, I gave it 10 out of 10 for story content and 2 out of 3 for faith content. This is um, a multiple timeline, multiple uh, point of view story, so it's mainly set in the present day, um, in and also in 1943, so some different time, different points of time within the Second World War, and it's focused mainly on Rome in Italy, obviously. In the present day, it's following Delaney, who's lost her grandfather, and then she gets a call from someone in Italy saying that her grandfather has something that they own and they want it back. And so they sort of fly her over to Italy to bring it back and she has to go over and see, um, work out whether they are scammers or really telling the truth and why they want this item back that her grandfather had. During the war it's following um, a medic, I think he is, uh, a soldier who is from America. It follows him before the war, before he gets called up and his sort of relationships with the people back home and then during the war when he is now in Italy and his um, things are going on and he ends up moving across Italy um, and then also in during the war it's following Julia who was a, a ballerina who ends up uh, as part of being a ballerina ends up going to Italy as well so they all converge on Rome in two different time periods. This was one of her best um, books for merging the different uh, points of view and different time periods together. Um, sometimes when you read like a dual time period or multiple time period book, they are sort of more disjointed and you're just following separate stories. Whereas this one really did a good job of making sure that when you learn something in one time period it has an impact on what you know about's happening in the present day for instance. Um, she did a really good job of tying them all together and making them into one story and I really enjoyed it. It was quite emotional in parts um, but really well written. This is the second book by Julie Classen that I, I read this year. I finished it in October. A Castaway in Cornwall. I started it reading it in um, Cornwall which was great. I gave this one a 10 out of 10 for story content and 3 out of 3 for faith content. It's following Laura who is um, living with her her aunt's husband, sort of her, her uncle but not a blood relative. She's living in Cornwall but she always felt like she was a bit of an outsider. Um, she likes to comb the beach for things that have 
washed up from shipwrecks and then try to um, return them to the people that they belong to and then one day there is a shipwreck and a man is washed ashore and she saves his life and takes him home. This is taking place during the war between France and England um, and he is someone who apparently is a foreigner and he says he has links to um, the Channel Islands um, but they're not quite sure about him and another foreigner also gets washed up and is taken in by another house, a separate house and so there is this mystery about who they are and why they're there and who, which side they're on and are they dangerous or are they not. This book sort of takes a slower approach through the first half of the book where you're getting to know the characters and who they are and why they ended up where they are. That's the sort of mystery that takes you through the first part. And then the, the action plot kicks in in the second half of the book. And I really enjoyed this one. Um, I enjoyed the romance in it and I enjoyed the mystery and the action parts of it as well. And as I say, it does have faith content in it. In November, I read Forks by Nadine Brandis. This is a historical fantasy. It's like a kind of alternate universe version of Guy Fawkes' story with the gunpowder plot. Um, I enjoyed that a lot, uh, see, seeing the the way that that story, which is very familiar to me, being in the UK, um, is represented in here. It is a fantasy. It has um, magic that is sort of connected with masks that people wear and depending on what colour the mask is when you first um, bond with it, depends on what kind of skill you have so you, it, it, the colour that it goes means that you can um, control certain coloured objects in the world. There are people who believe that you can only have one colour and then there are other people who believe that you can connect with light itself and have access to all the colours and they are kind of fighting against each other. It's a sort of symbolic allegory of the Catholics versus Protestants um, war that was going on at the time, um, the tensions, the conflict at the time. Um, so it does have strong faith content because of that and the beliefs about light and the faith about light and light can kind of speak to certain people. Um, there's also a plague going on that turns people into stone and so it's following Thomas, who is the son of Guy Fawkes, who does not receive his mask when he's supposed to. And so he goes in search of finding his father, because his father is the only one who can give him his mask. And he goes to London to try and seek him down and gets kind of taken up in the plot that is taking place um, to kill the king and replace him, which is the historical what was happening in real in real life at that time and it's sort of turned into this story. I gave it 8 out of 10 for story content and 3 out of 3 for faith content. In December I read The White Christmas Inn by Colleen Wright and this I was led to believe is a clean fiction but actually there is a tiny amount of Christian fiction and um, Christian character in this book so I think there's enough just to add it onto this list. It was a fantastic story um, contemporary romance following a few different people's, a few different couples in this um, setting. So it's set in a, a an inn at Christmas 
um, and a whole load of people get snowed in together and it's following um, Hannah who is there for a, a winter wedding but then her fiance sort of cancels at the last minute and then Molly who is there as a writer um, trying to write children's books but is not feeling very inspired. There's a couple that run the inn and they're struggling to make it work and keep it going and there's some other people as well that sort of get mixed in with the whole mix and it was really lovely um, really warm heartwarming sort of story to read at Christmas time and I enjoyed all of the different couples and their stories and romances and I thought did a good job of sort of flipping between between them and yeah a little bit of faith in there so I gave it 10 out of 10 for story content and 1 out of 3 for faith content then also in December I read one of the novellas from this bind up collection that is A Tale of Two Hearts by Michelle Greep this is a, um, a kind of Victorian historical fiction and it's a romance and it's at Christmas and um, I gave it 9 out of 10 for the story content and 3 out of 3 for faith content. It's following Mina who works in her dad's pub as a sort of barmaid as it were and she gets persuaded by one of the people who comes in to drink there that she's known for ages that um, to pretend to be his wife so that he can try and persuade his uncle to make him the heir of his fortune um so it's like a a fake dating but fake wife um sort of story and everything sort of goes a bit wrong and there's all sorts of going goings on and yeah it's about them and their relationship i really enjoyed both of them and i enjoyed the story and the faith content in that and finally in december i read an, an ebook by lindsay harrell like a holiday in. This is one of the books in her Port Willis series. She has brought one out every year around Christmas, um, following the book Secrets of Paper and Ink, um, set in that village in Cornwall. And this is a Christmassy contemporary romance novella. This one actually did have faith content in it um, more than some of the other ones. <clears throat> I gave it nine out of ten for story content and three out of three for faith content and it's following Rebecca who has come up in one of the previous um, books as a sort of a villain type of person. Um, we get to see more about her personality and why she's um, comes across so cold to everybody else and uh, her one of her best friend's brothers comes to stay and she runs an inn uh, in that um, in the village and he comes to stay and he really annoys her and so it's sort of they wind each other up or he winds her up a lot um, but gradually as they're sort of stuck there over Christmas they get to know each other a bit more and she gets to open up a bit more and I enjoyed that romance and I enjoyed that there was more faith content in that particular story. Alright so those were my favourite Christian fiction books that I read in 2022. Um, have you read any of them? Let me know down in the comments what you thought of them also let me know what your favourite book was last year that you read. Okay, I hope you found something useful in today's video. If you have, please like, share, subscribe, comment. Um, it really does make a difference to me and it makes me feel like I'm part of a community. I hope you have a really great reading week and until next time, God bless. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Christian Faith and Fiction podcast. If you would like more information, you can click the link in the description. Don't forget to subscribe on your podcast app to make sure you catch the next episode.